my opinion, Louisa, my wife, didn't look all that sick. She looked a bit tired and in some pain, of course, but not too bad in general. I, on the other hand, had a terrible cold and exhaustion was setting in. To top it all off, I was beginning to feel quite queasy. That's when the nurse, the one who was delivering the baby, turned to me and said, Sir, are you going to be okay? I, I think so, I mumbled back. I was feeling worse by the second. I looked at Louisa, trying to be supportive, but I could barely stand up any longer. I sat down to rest. Within the hour, she had given birth to our son, Josh. Now to this day, she will not let me live that down. There's my pregnant wife in labor and in what I can only imagine being the most intense bodily torment of either of our lives. And then there's me, exhausted and queasy with a man cold. I tried offering her some sympathy, but what I couldn't offer her was much empathy. You know, the ability to understand and share in her feelings. That's where the nurses helped out a lot. They knew what she was going through in ways that I couldn't. They offered empathy, a knowing touch, and the assurance that her new baby was coming soon. For Louisa's sake, I am so glad that I was not the only person in the room with her that night. That empathy was a powerful thing. It helped hold Louisa. It truly united her with another person who was there to give hope and assurance that a new life was on its way. While the other Gospels leave us with the scene of Jesus hanging between two criminals, Luke's Gospel goes on to tell us what happened between these three dying men. We don't know much about the criminals other than the fact that their crimes must have been quite serious in order to deserve this sort of death. This was, after all, a death reserved for the lowest of the lows. In any event, Jesus and the two men were led up to the hill just outside of Jerusalem where their capital punishment would take place. We can assume that there were already other convicts hanging on their own crosses from earlier that day or week. Their bodies would probably remain there until wild animals tore them down. One can only imagine the horror of seeing these dead bodies and realizing, I'm next. Surely this was part of the torment of the cross. After being nailed onto the wooden cross beams, the three men were lifted up for all to see. The agonizing death process began. The anger caused by the pain and the hopelessness rushed through the criminals who were dying next to Jesus as they joined in heaping insults onto him. Their anger turned into a desperate mockery while one of the criminals yelled out, Aren't you the Christ? Why don't you save yourself and save us? Luke 23, verse 39. Now it's the other criminals' turn to cry out. But something happens. We're not sure why, but his insults suddenly change to something much different. Instead of continuing to mock his partner in death, he turns and rebukes the other criminal, saying, Don't you fear God? 
You and I are under the same punishment as him, only this man has done nothing wrong. Now I wonder what broke in him in that moment. Maybe it was a desperate plea. He had nothing to lose by turning to Jesus. Maybe it was the way that Jesus answered their violence with such grace. Maybe he noticed that even their violent words were fruitless. Or perhaps it was the realization that this man, Jesus, truly was who he said he was, the Son of God, and yet he was willing to die alongside a criminal like himself. Whatever the cause, the criminal looked to Jesus, one dying man facing another. The criminal speaks to the Christ. Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Luke 23, 42. Now this is the only person in all of scripture that addresses Jesus by name without adding a title to it. You know, he's suddenly on a first-name, intimate basis with Jesus. Sharing death on the Jerusalem hillside had drawn the criminal close to Jesus. He stared into the dying face of God, and for the moment, they were equals. Empathy. Jesus can offer it to the most hardened and death-sentenced criminal. Jesus can offer it to the dying, to the living, to the rejected, to the cursed, to the lonely, and to the beaten. A person doesn't even need to get off of their cross or prove their worth to be loved by Jesus. He meets them face to face right there. He can empathize with all. In fact, while sharing in that hill of death, Jesus looked deeply into the dying criminal and offered this assurance. Today, you will be with me in paradise. Luke twenty-three, forty-three. The Son of God hung dying with the most guilty, sharing in his death so that he can welcome him into new life paradise. He is so close right now. Why don't you look at him and simply pray as well, Jesus, remember me in your kingdom. You will be with him today in his new life in paradise. Let's pray. Jesus, there's no death which you didn't experience. Nothing was lower than you were at the cross, and you can empathize with every single person. You see me today and you love me. Please remember me in your kingdom. I am with you today in your new life. Amen.